0: Welcome to the very first episode of Cooking Up a Story. On this episode, Aaron and Joe take a tour around Joe's Meat Palace discussing some of Joe's most story-worthy memorabilia. Joe tells stories about his boxing career, nudie suits, one-eyed brown trout, and much, much more. Aaron, you know whenever it comes to flavor. You're the master. Well, I do a good job at it, but I've learned from a mentor or several mentors, and and those are the people in Melbourne, Arkansas at Townsend Spice and Supply. Um, they've been around since the seventies. They've got everything that you could possibly want, not just for barbecue. Be honest with you, barbecue's getting kind of easy. So you you got to kind of chef it up in the house. You may need an Italian blend or something. Mm. That's I Italian. That's spelled E Y E Italian. Um, so if you're looking for some flavor, go online and look up Townsend Spice and Supply. They've got everything you could want. It'll ship out the same day, get delivered to your house, and you can start living a cleaner life. Tell them Joe sent you. There you go. How about this queen? Do you think she's fixing to die? I mean, she's She's Yeah, she's almost 100. I believe she's probably already dead. You think so? Is are you, Has there been concerns with her health? Well, she's got the COVID. Uh-oh. And uh, I believe they've got her in a freezer. Preserving <laughs> her? They're <laughs> <Perseverance>. going <laughs> to bring her out on Easter, see <laughs> if she sees her shadow or not. If she sees her shadow, there's <laughs> like six more weeks of winter or something. <laughs> You know, <laughs> They hide it. I mean, they got to pull some sort of religious bullshit when the queen dies. Every time I've seen her, she seems to be getting around decent for 90-something years old. But well, she's a queen. I'm sure they pump her full of something. Testosterone. Kick the... Uh, they got that one guy in trouble. The prince. The prince. Yeah. For banging minors. And peeing on him or something. Was he peeing on him? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's <laughs> a deal when you get a lot of money. The first thing you want to do is piss on some chick. Golden showers, man. Never been a big fan. I, no, I don't want to pee on anybody. I, I don't want anybody to pee on me. <laughs> it's just a respect thing. Well, let me tell you about some stuff here in the house. Yeah, let's explain where the heck we're at. <laughs> well, so we're in the Meat Palace, the squirrel shed, the man cave, and it's a collection of just uh, random memorabilia from my life. If you look behind you, there's a pair of boxing shorts there. Got a fighting rooster on the, on the thigh. It says machine on the other leg. And then um, boxing boots. Well, that was from my career as a tough man, lightweight boxer. Oh. You know this story? No, I do not. So I was in Florida and uh, back in the fax machine days again. Mm-hmm. And I'd been in Florida working for like three months and I know the physique doesn't show it now, but back then I had lost a lot of weight. And I was down to, say, 125 pounds. Shit. And I go to the hotel room, fax machine goes off. It's the entry form for the tough man fight. That was two weeks away. And I already had my birthday, my signature, everything signed in there. So, my old Mexican buddy Martinez had entered me into the tough man because we had been going for several years. And when we had watched these fights, I would, uh, you know, of course, say somebody was a puss or, Mm -hmm. or I could whoop that old boy or whatever. So, he decided that he would enter me into the tough man fight. Well, the rules were that you had to be between 145 and 200 pounds to be lightweight, heavyweight was 200 to 400. Two divisions. 200-pound so, uh, division, that's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. So the difference between a 145 guy and a 200-pound guy is quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, so in the morning I called Joe and I said, Hey, dude, I'm all in on this deal, but I'm not able to fight. <laughs> pounds. He says, Why? I said, Because I've lost all kinds of weight, dude. I said, I'm 125 pounds. I've been starving to death. It's hot, nasty. It's Florida. And he says, "Well, you got two weeks." He says, "All you got to do is gain 20 pounds." So I came home, back to Arkansas, and I went to the GNC. I walked in. I told him I was looking for a sponsor for the tough <laughs> man fight. And uh, they said, "What are you after?" I said, "I need to gain 20 pounds in two weeks." Whew. They said, "I don't know if you can do it." "No, I can do it," I said. "I just I need whatever it takes." So they gave me one of those great big jugs mm-hmm. powder and you know more about that shit than I do I think yeah. what is it like 4,000 calories or something depends on how much you take yeah. right. so well, I'm going to call it 4,000 calorie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I carry it home my wife was she was in Maryland so I was a bachelor and uh, it was me and my dog and a half gallon of Yarnails vanilla ice cream <laughs> And I put in the blender the whole half gallon, oh, and shit. I put the four thousand calories of powder on top of it, and I mixed it up, and I ate the shit, Ooh. and I thought I was going to explode. Yeah. Woke up in the morning, went to the scale, and I lost two pounds. <laughs> Pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> so, one of the little facts about me is I hate noodles. Mm. I'm not a noodle guy. I just spaghetti's nasty to me, and. Lasagna. I'm not a big fan of noodles. But I sacrificed and started eating spaghetti because they said that'd make you gain weight. Carb loading. So I went to a restaurant that had all you could eat spaghetti. I went there four days in a row and ate a shit pile of spaghetti and cheesecake and whatnot. Went and weighed. I was even. Back I'd, up two pounds. I, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't gained anything. Mm-hmm. So as the next week rolls by, I think I gained four or five pounds and we get. The day of the fight, and I'm weighing in at like uh, 28, 128. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so we get this lead, the same lead they put in X-ray rooms on the walls. You are just hard and determined to get out there. Well, room. I didn't want to, I didn't want to fail anybody. So we put my feet on this lead, we trace them out with a sharpie, <laughs> we take ten snips and we cut out the lead, and inside those boots we put enough lead to where I'm going to weigh 145. Holy shit. We stand on the scale, I'm 145. Can't even lace them. (laughs) So I'm walking like I'm on the bottom of the fucking ocean. (laughs) Like between an astronaut and Jacques Cousteau, I'm walking. And uh, I felt like it was best served that I'd be the first one to get weighed in. and So I got those shorts on. Got those boots and they had tassels like Macho Camacho on there. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's looking, thinking, because they're all in like Nike and shit. And I've got the, my God, whatever top ranks or whatever those the are. Bill Rooster. <laughs> and uh, so I go step up on the scale, two pounds light. Oh, shit. Just walking up on the stage made you lose a couple pounds. <laughs> sometime, sometime in three or four hours, I lost a couple pounds. So, Took two 32-ounce Gatorades. Oh fuck. Down them. Both of them. Literally was drowning on dry ground. (laughs) 145. (laughs) So I get off the scale, I go in the bathroom, I piss, I puke, I take off the moon boots. I'm sitting there on my chair and I was taping up my hands, you know. And there's this chiseled-up old boy. And he says, Hey man, can you tape up my hands? I said, you you might as well tape up your own damn hands. I don't know what I'm doing. I said, if I was going to fight you, I'd hit you with a stick or something. I said, these fists, they ain't no good. And he says, come on, man. He says, you got the shorts, the shoes, all that. He says, obviously, you boxed before. I said, oh, I've been in a lot of fights. I said, but I just ain't never boxed before. So I taped up his hands. And uh, we go back in the back. Crowds filling in. There's 2,000 Americans sitting around the ring. Butterbean is there. Oh, shit. <coughs> Big old Butterbean. Big Butterbean's there. The first two rows on one side of the ring is all friends. Come to watch me take an ass with <laughs> On the bottom of those boots and duct tape, it said BWC Built Well Construction. <laughs> for when I got knocked out. They were gonna get some advertisement out of it, so I'm standing in the back, and there's this old boy, and he's punching these lockers, pow, pow, man, denting stuff, wadding shit up, you know. And I said, "Boy, I said I hope I don't have to fight you." And he said, uh, "You lightweight division?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "So am I." He said, "I cut twenty pounds." Oh my! I said, "Shit, I had to gain damn near 30. <laughs> So now you got a natural 220 fighting against this 128 guy. We get called Purdy Boy, Floyd, such and such from Madison County. He lifts up his hand. Joe the machine Wilson, Benton County. I kind of look mad. So so we get to the uh we're first fight of the night. We get in there, and he's dancing around, punching the turnbuckle. And, uh, you know, so I posture a little bit, show him I ain't scared. Yeah. We get up to the center of the ring, and, and the ref's standing there, and I looked this old boy in the eye, and I said, when the bell rings, I'm going to punch you in your fucking throat. And I said, whatever happens after that happens. He shook his head. Ding, ding, bell rings. I go out, and I come from way back. I get him under the chin, right in the throat. He backs up about three steps, shakes it off, and commenced on whooping my ass <laughs> for three rounds. Oh. So the bell rings, first round. I go sit on the chair, and the guy in the corner, he says, hey, you don't have to go back out there. I says, see all them people? I got to go back out there. He said, man, that dude's killing you. I said, I know. I know. Trust me. But I said, I got to go. Bell rings. I get out. I fight. So big yellow gloves. And both of them gloves had an impression of my face and blood on them. Mm. And I was just watching them slow-mo come, kind of <laughs> racking me in the face. Well, come to find out, I could take a lot of shots the, the, to the, the head. hell of a beating, huh? Yeah. Uh, bell rings. Sit back down. He says, dude, I'm throwing the towel. I said, he can't. I said, I'm not dead yet. (laughs) And he said, the dude's killing you. I said, I'm not dead yet, man. So I go back out, third round. There's a VHS tape somewhere of this whole deal. Oh, man. So I dance around. I get punched up a bunch more, racked in the face. Uh, Bell rings, it's over. We meet in the center of the ring. Of course, they lift his hand. I come out of the ring, I walk up, Martinez and his brother sitting there, Charlie, and Charlie said, that old boy whooped the fuck out of you. I said, it ain't as easy as it looks. (laughs) So I go in the back, and everybody's ready to box, you know. I lay down on this table, and they bring in the doctor. He's shining a light my eyes. He says, is anything wrong? I said, I believe I've got a concoction. The concoction. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, concussion? I said, whatever you want to call it, Doc. I said, I believe I've got one. And he says, you need to seek medical. I said, no. I said, I need to go out there and sit with my buddies. So when this whole deal was over, we went back to the bar. Wound up getting in a fist fight. Oh, no gloves. Uh, I go back to the apartment Man, when I look in the mirror, the inside of the bottom of my lip and the top of my lip is solid black. Both eyes are black. I can't breathe <laughs> through my nose. I lay down, go to sleep like a baby. I wake up, phone rings about 7. It's a tough man. And they said, last night we had so many people get injured that we're needing replacements. Will you fight again tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I said I'll ring the fucking bell. <laughs> I said I'm not going to get in that ring ever again. <laughs> so I never fought again. That's was, that's was one night boxing career up there on the wall. That's what that is. How how the hell did you get talked into something like that? Well, Aaron, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brown water. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, shit. I was just minding my own business when that fax come in, but. uh <laughs> yeah, I don't guess it's ever been real popular to me to uh, back down from one of those challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I shoved my pecker in some stuff. I should have never shoved it in yeah. it back in my younger days. Yeah. But there was a small challenge there. Gotcha. So, it's friendly. So that's the boxing shorts. Uh, you see my taxidermy I did up here. Those are the crane legs from when all of us. Oh, uh, okay. And so I got them in the flip-off position. Yeah. And I had extra legs, so I made this crane tree. Crane tree, oh yeah, you did. (laughs) So there's a whole bunch of bird legs. That might be the, uh, well, the beaver might be the... uh, I bought that for my wife for our anniversary. That might be our, our, what do you call it, uh, our artwork that posts. So me and my wife had been together about 10 years. It was the anniversary Hadn't bought nothing yet. And the phone rang, and it was uh, Beaver Lake Corps of Engineers. And I had some friends out there, and they said, hey, we're getting rid of some stuff. Want we'll to come by and look at it? And I walked in. And that old beaver was sitting there. I said, what do you take for that beaver? He said, 40. I said, I'll give you 20. <laughs> he said, okay, it's your beaver. So so, I gave that to Don for our ten. Attend- 10 year anniversary I can see the excitement I can see her just being beyond thrilled I mean I really don't even know the story of the beaver but I know it comes from Beaver Lake so it's an authentic beaver he's all American now now. he looks good got a little Santa Claus vibe I here recently I got see the General Lee Pine Box Derby Mm car it's from when I was six years old no shit you know how moms never get rid of stuff Mm Mhm. My mom sent a big carry package, and there was the uh, pine box derby car. You know, generally. Check this out. My dad had us cheating. See that lead in there? The plate? <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. So we leaded them cars to get them to go a little faster than the others. So, yeah, there's a strip of lead. Don't they weigh these things, though? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's smooth, man. You won't see very many General Lees back into the uh, Pine Box Derby anymore. No. I know you won't. Well yeah. Just miss the old rebel flag on top. Yeah, so what else do I got? There's some hot sauce brewing. Yeah, what do you got in there? So that one on the far right, that's a combination of blackberries and jalapeno peppers. And the one in the middle is just solid red peppers, all different stuff. Cayenne, Thai, jalapenos. And then this one on the left, that's a mash. So that's where you grind up all the peppers, kind of like how Tabasco would be. It's a yeah. mash. So they're going to sit there till one day I get really bored. Are they still bubbling? Nah, they just hanging out. How long have they been there? They've been there since uh, September. September. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they've, been,
0: they've been there since about September. What's the grand plan with it? Once you put it in the bottle, take it to work, see if anybody will eat the shit. Yeah, will <laughs> be a little more leery next time you come in. <laughs> so, what else do I got? So we have uh, that right next to that tall beer. That would be a giraffe knee bone. Whoa. We've got a... This thing? Uh, to the right. Sorry. To the right? Yeah, that's a giraffe knee bone. Looks like a big old molar. Yeah, it does. This thing to the left, that's a backbone out of a walrus. How the hell did you get that? Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, that makes um, sense. You know Austin, Blevins? Yep. yep. All right, so that big fish there in the middle... And the one over there on the right, the one on the right is what the big fish in the middle bit. I was reeling in the fish on the right, and that big fish came up and grabbed a hold of it. That's a walleye, isn't it? That's yeah, a northern pike. Northern pike? pike. Yeah. And so as I was reeling in that northern pike, I get it right up to the boat, and I said, Austin, grab that son of a bitch. He said, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of the teeth. Fucking razor blade. <laughs> so it lets loose of the big bass. So I cast the bass out in the water. That was all up in Canada. I cast that bass back out there, and they did it the second time. I handed Austin the, the fishing pole and it, reeled it in. Took it. Damn. There's another fish back behind this thing, and that's a one-eyed brown trout that I caught in Spavenaugh Creek. So thing, the back door? No, about four or five miles from here. I'd caught that fish three years in a row. Same fish. <laughs> And I knew it was the same fish because it only had one eye. One eye, yeah. So I'd put it back, and then the next year I'd find it again, I'd catch it again. So the third year I caught it, it actually swallowed the bait, and it was kind of bleeding. But it put on a hell of a fight, and I told Martinez, I said, I'm going to reel this fish up. When I get it up next to the bank, I said, I'm going to grab it, and you throw me and the fish up on the bank. (laughs) (laughs) So he did, and I landed on top of it. Put it inside of the, uh, put it inside the box. Took it to the taxidermist that day. Year and a half later, I get a phone call from the taxidermist. I walk inside there, and that fish was on the wall. And I said, "Boy, that's a nice fish. Who caught it?" He laughed. I said, "What's so funny?" He said, "That's your fish." I said, "No, nah, dude, my fish was a brown trout." I said, "That's some sort of Chinook salmon or some shit." He said, "No, that's a brown trout." I said, "No." That's some sort of salmon, and uh, so he had painted it all wrong. Oh, shit. So I leave it up there, and when people ask what kind of fish it is, I tell them it's a Chinook salmon I caught in Benton <laughs> County, Arkansas, <laughs> and that's one tough-ass fish because it swam all the way from the Pacific <laughs> to the middle of America. With one eye. <laughs> With one eye, but that makes it even better. So Yeah, yeah there's all kinds of relics in here. It, a lot of it, it makes pretty good sound dampening. Yeah, you got my COVID nineteen necklace that I made right there. Oh yeah, know, I see. Out of beard tabs and a uh, a. Uh, That's crafty, Joe. I got that all that whole kit I got at um, Hobby Lobby. Oh.
1: <laughs> 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 I walked <laughs> I walked into
0: the Hobby Lobby one Saturday morning, and I asked the people. I said, "Where you got some little red balls and stuff?" And the lady said, "What are you making?" I said, I'm going to make one of them COVIDs. This is is like April of the beginning of the COVID deal. And she said, do you think that's funny? I said, I think I need to make a COVID. I said, so show me where the red balls are at. (laughs) (laughs) So she takes me back. And I buy like $40, white balls, gold balls, red balls. And she was, I mean, the lady was not impressed by this deal. I bet, wearing masks, every masks. No, nah, this is pre, I think this is pre-masks. Okay. This is just, like, uh, straight out of China. Okay, it's, okay. So I bring the stuff home. Me and the kids, we make a bunch of COVIDs. I post them on the Facebook. No one thought the shit was. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was like a family event. I think oh, i never yeah. seen the, the Arts and crafts, yeah. Yeah, so you got that. Um, the black person sitting right there next to the whiskey bottle by the door. Uh mm-hmm. That's uh farsipete. Farsa you know anything about farsapeet? No, I do not. So in the Netherlands there's a group of black folks that hang out with Santa Claus. Okay. You know about in this? In the Netherlands, no. So farsipete. And uh what they do is they have sticks and they walk with Santa. And if the kid's been bad, they whoop the shit out of them. With the sticks? <laughs> with the sticks. Oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, so I was hanging out with some people from the Netherlands at steak cook-off, and they were telling me about Farsa Pete. And I had a friend of mine, she crocheted Farsa Pete for me. <laughs> so I got it up there next to the, next to the wall. Cool. Um, I got a pillow right here next to this trout pillow. Yeah. That was my grandpa's T-shirt that my aunt turned into a pillow. Oh, that, okay. Pretty cool. Taylor's got a quilt that her grandma made her out of old, like, high school T-shirts that she wore. Actually, I don't think it was a grandma. I think it was a friend's grandma. Huh. And it was pretty cool. It's always in the house. to go-to. I got my uh, Putin calendar from 2018. Oh, I see that. Full of him. I mean he's got his shirt on in a couple of months. Yeah, just doing manly <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, he's riding horses and grizzlies.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Trolling for fish on a Clyde sail. Uh <laughs> then of course, you know, you got my Converse hand tooled leather with ribeyes on there. That's a big deal. Those are pretty special. Yeah. One of a kind. Yeah. Uh the white shirt hanging there on the side with some Sharpie marks on it. That's the uh Covid outfit that we wore so we could sneak into Alaska. You had to wear a Covid outfit. Michael's never told you that deal. Uh-uh. So, two years ago when it was time to go to, yeah, two years ago, yeah, twenty twenty, yeah, two years ago when it was time to go to Alaska, Alaska shut down the state like two weeks before we were supposed to be there. And if you showed up in Alaska, you had to hang out in a hotel for two weeks to make sure that you didn't have any cooties. Yeah. And then you were able to go free and walk around Alaska. Well, we didn't have an extra two weeks. Right. So we were at the point, Mike said, man, we just might have to cancel. I said, no. no, no." I said, you give me some time, and I'll come up with a plan. And so what we did is I went to the uniform shop and I bought those lab coats <laughs> for, for all of us. Fifteen people? Nah, six of us. Six. six lab coats, some medical scrubs, got some Q-tips for our pockets, <laughs> and and a mask. And uh, a good friend of mine's a state trooper in Alaska. And I called him and I said, hey, it's about that time I come to Alaska. He says, yeah. He said, I guess you're not going to be able to make it. I said, no, we're coming. He said, "Uh, dude, you're not going to make it through the airport. He said, Homeland Security's there at the airport. And he said, they're going to get you, and then they're going to have to quarantine. I said, so say I make it through Homeland Security. Can you open a door for me from Anchorage to Nanilchik, Alaska? He says, you give me make, model, and tag number, and I'll open the door. I said, count on it. So we wore that shit. <laughs> through the airport. <laughs> and when we got to the, to the airport, sure enough, there was Homeland Security. And I told everybody, just follow me and don't say nothing. I'd lead the deal. So I saluted them. <laughs> <laughs> and they saluted back, and we made it through that bitch. Oh, my God. Brilliant. <laughs> I called the trooper, told him what we were driving. We went to the super center wearing that shit. Everywhere. It was like we split the ocean, dude. Yeah. People were just walking away from us. They <laughs> thought we were Dr. Foshi, And uh, so we wore that out on the boat for four days. The suits and all? Yeah. Yeah. Did you wear them back to the airport? No, we were free. You were free. That's freaking awesome. Do you guys typically, like, dress up? One Last year you did, like... Last year was, uh, oh, right there, that flag <laughs> hanging on the wall. We did uh, Washington on the Delaware. That's right. Yeah. And then the year before Dr. Foshi we did uh, taking care of business, to where we went to the resale shop and bought business suits. Yeah. And the gaudier, the better. Yeah, sure. We're pimping this year. Pimping. Nice. Yeah. Tried pimping a couple years ago, and I actually I ordered a pimp outfit from Pimp.com. And I give like $125 for a full pimp outfit. And I got pimped. Damn. (laughs) Because the shit never showed up. (laughs) 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 I mean, it was purple and green. Oh, they got you. They got me and never showed up. So So we got that. Um, You got some of my suits up there. Yeah, those are pretty sweet. Um, This year, I'm getting a real deal nudie suit. You know what a nudie suit is? I'm picturing something. <laughs> Nuts. You got clothes on. A, a suit? Nudie suit would be, if you think about old time country singers, Porter Wagner, George Jones, they would be up on stage and they had all that sequins sequence yeah. and rhinestones, big wagon wheel and some weird shit, mm-hmm. cactuses. Mm-hmm. So that was made by a guy named Nudie. Ah. And uh, Nudie's not alive anymore, but the dude who actually sewed all the shit is still alive. He's 83 in Holy Nashville. God. Still hard at it? Nudie suit would cost you, if you said it. Aaron Cook, I'm a, I'm, my name's Aaron Cook, I'm going to buy a nudie suit. A nudie suit costs you between between ten and $20,000. Holy cow! Yeah. And how long to get? Six months? For? It'd probably yeah, it'd probably take yeah. a while. So, who? Obviously, I'm not going to spend eight, ten, twenty thousand dollars on a suit. Just going to go down to Hobby Lobby. No, nope. <laughs> my suit's getting made by the same guy who made George Jones, Porter Wagner, every suit Johnny Cash wore. It's well, made by this guy. <clears throat> Uh, Dwight Yoakam, Martha Bygod Stewart has a nudie suit. That same dude's making my shit. Wow. How'd you manage that? Well, I posted on Facebook that I wanted to get a really flashy suit to wear to the world champion of stake. Mm-hmm. And that I was opening the door for sponsors. Cost you 500 bucks to put your, your logo on my suit. Mm-hmm and in an hour I had nine offers for logos. Still not enough for a nudie suit. Nope. This is when shit gets weird. So the next morning, I get a message from a lady named Sweetie Berry. Interesting. (laughs) And uh, Sweetie (laughs) Berry is a late 50s blossoming woman who is probably the most connected human that I've ever been around. Whoa. And last year when I taught that lamb class on butchering lambs and stuff, her and her husband was there. Her sweetie liked me. And uh, her husband was an ex-CIA guy and police officer. And so she liked what we did for cops, sheepdogs. Yeah. And so she took a liking. So she calls and she says, I'd like to be in charge of your suit. I said, hell, I'd like you to be in charge of it. She says, I know the guy that makes the real nudie suits. She said, I had him make one for Martha Stewart here a while back. Holy shit. (laughs) And uh, I said, well, sweetie, we don't have a lot of time. I said, we got 30 days. She says... Never underestimate, sweetie. I said, oh, I think you can do it. I just, there's a lot of pressure, 30 days. She mm-hmm. says, I love it. So last week, Tuesday, she flew down to Bentonville and measured me for this suit. Holy hell. <laughs> and uh, so it's on. Yeah, because I was going to go to Dillard's. Yeah. who Who's this lady? Where's she from? I know she's got a place in Oklahoma. I've seen her at a place in Pennsylvania. She's pretty worldly. Yeah. She's always on the move. She works with a lot of musicians. Um Dang. Artists. Like last week she had a meeting with Alice Walton. Okay. Um Really don't know, Aaron. Holy it's kinda mysterious. Yeah. But she told me, That's she said, amazing. what time do you need this suit? And I said, I need this suit on March 10th by 6 p.m. And she said, they may be sewing the last piece on March 10th at 5.30. <laughs> she said, but you will get this suit. Now, here's the deal. Not very many men can say since they were four years old they've always wanted a new suit. A nudie suit, suit? yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted a nudie suit. Damn. My whole life. I'd see those guys up on the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. They had got a got nudie suit. Uh, so this is like a highlight. This is, this is one of the pinnacles. This um, is a big deal. You know, you'd see the, the CMT deal and Dolly Parton standing there, and she's got the old Porter Wagner standing next to him mm-hmm. with a nudie suit. Mm-hmm. And so I've always wanted it. The problem is, is I'm only going to have a nudie suit for three or four hours. Because at the end of the night, because I'm the MC of the deal, so at the end of the night, I'm going to auction off the nudie suit and raise money for the charity. Oh. So I tell Sweetie this story. Since I was four, I've always wanted a nudie suit. Mm -hmm. She says, well, we might just have to have them make two. Oh, my gosh. So this might end really fucking bad. Like I may have to sell some shit. Yeah, that <laughs> to, is amazing to make this happen. Or anything, sweetie wants. But yeah, <laughs> might have to service sweetie. Uh, <laughs> but sweetie says it's going to happen, dude. So she's almost like so sure that it's very. Sweetie is a hundred percent sure. Yeah, this is going to happen. I'm going to call her tomorrow just kind of ruffle her feathers a little bit and see if she's still on top. Oh, my God. Because if not, I'm going to have to go to the same place I got, like, the wood suit, American flag, camouflage camo, um, and get something. Which, those suits are fine, but they damn sure ain't a nudie suit. No. No. So, I'm working on that, Um, doing the squirrel cook-off this coming year in – Hey, Clem. Come hang out. What's up, Clem? Hey, bring Aaron that jerky. See if he likes it. Oh, I'm sure I will. What do we got here? We made some jerky this weekend. Thanks, bud. What is it? Beef jerky. From the Mexican grocery store. Oh, I told Taylor last night we need to start it shopping. It's harder to eat with no front teeth. Coming. Yeah, Clem's missing half his dentures. Oh, mm, I bet. Oh, that's good something. Mm-hmm. Four hours. Four hours? Yeah. Just dehydrate it? Uh-huh. 150 degrees, four hours, and that's what you get. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, great. I told Taylor last night, when you start shopping at the Mexican grocery store, hey, so dude, it's good high. shit there. Like, shopping at the grocery, I don't know what you guys spend a week. I'm going to say we're between... Hundred seventy five and two hundred fifty dollars a week. Yeah, we're there pretty easily with the way my wife likes to eat. Really? <laughs> Does she like to eat good? She, real clean. Yeah, and good. I mean, we 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 eat good, good clean food. She's About the organic class style, which is fine. It's all right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I watched a show here a while back on Impossible Burger. Oh gosh. That's all fake, isn't it? Oh, it's 100% fake. I think it's something that we got to talk about. We need to get somebody on our podcast. First, got to ask a vegan why the hell do they want to eat something that bleeds? Yeah. Because they put beet juice inside these Impossible Burgers so it has fake blood. (laughs) You've got beet juice to make it bleed. You've got flavors to make it taste like a cow. But you're a vegan. What what is it consist of? Beans? Peas. Soy? Soy beans? Soy? Peas, soy. Peas. Just a bunch of random shit that I'm sure makes your turd like an acne brick yeah. at the end of the deal. But if yeah. you're a vegan, why do you want to have anything that resembles meat? Yeah. I mean, they're making cheese out of cashews. Oh, they're boy. squeezing almonds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, milking them. <laughs> Almonds don't have nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've seen yet. So, I mean, if you're into lettuce, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, just stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you typically, big dog. I'm smelling it. That's old big dog. Big dog. Just kind of overweight. So, yeah, I think we could do something with some vegans. Mm-hmm. I think it would be healthy. Um, Get some perspectives. There is a podcast. There's a guy who works for the Walton Five and Dime, Rich Cromwell. He's a writer for The Federalist. Okay. Um, which he does political stuff, but he does like satire. Yeah. And I didn't even know he had a podcast, and I found it yesterday and started listening to it. It's called Coffee and Cushion. Well, Couchon Couchon would be French for pork. Okay. And so in Louisiana, they'll have a big Couchon party. Yeah. Roast a hog. And uh, I think they got like 12 episodes. I listened to a couple of them yesterday. They talk about, um, one of them was on like musicians, how do they make money nowadays Mm -hmm. with everything streaming. Mm Mm-hmm. And they brought on a guy who was into that kind of business and knew, uh, knew the ins and outs, knew the contracts, how the contract was set up against the artist. They did that. They talked about it for a while, and then they broke straight into scotch and talked about scotch. Um, I have yet to hear, I've listened to three of them, I have not heard anything about coffee and nothing about Couchon. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that's good confidence. Here. But Rich is a funny son of a bitch, and uh, he'd be another guy we could reach out to to see. Be great. Um, I'll show you what his talk dude. to potential guests. So whenever you do one of these, you also have to write up the little mm-hmm. description. Description deal. Alright, so we got this guy. Cosmo. Cosmo with a K. So Cosmo, he won the world champion of stake in two thousand sixteen. So I met him in two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. This dude has turned a spice company, making that, into a $15 million annual business. Wow. That's amazing. So, two years ago at the World Championship, I was drinking right next to Cosmo. And I thought, this guy's the biggest dickhead I've ever been around. Like, he was... I'm a I'm a believer in arrogance. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, arrogance and confidence sometimes gets mixed up. Yep. Agreed. His confidence was on about an 11. His arrogance was about a 15. He was a rock star of barbecue. Yeah. And so I sat next to him. We were drinking. I said a couple little funnies there and he kind of high-hatted me a little bit so I got up walked away hung out with some boys from Australia they were cooler Mm -hmm. and uh, so here about December I hear Cosmo starting a podcast basically non-barbecue related okay and he's the king of barbecue or he's yeah he won a world championship Mm mm-hmm But he sold a lot of seasoning. Yeah. And so I decided I'm going to listen to it. So the very first day I listened to this podcast, I send Cosmo a message when I'm done telling him that I had never had respect for him (laughs) until I listened to the podcast today. And it made this dude human to me. Yeah, really. Because, yeah, I just knew him as being a cocky dickhead. Yeah, right. I didn't know his story. Mm -hmm. like. The dude was 48 years old whenever his sister goes down and gets a 23 and Me done. Oh, shit. And finds out that his dad ain't his dad. Ooh. And he always knew his dad was kind of a dick. Yeah. That was because he was raising some bastard. Right. You know? Right. Holy crap. And then uh, he spent seven years, his first... I couldn't imagine. Like when he was two years old, he got burned in the bathtub. His sister turned water on accidentally, real hot. Yeah. Dude spent basically seven years in the hospital from the burns. Holy hell. Hot fucking water. Yeah. And he tells a story about how at like nine, he decides that he's done, he's checking out. He's calling quits. Yeah, because, you know, they peel off your skin oh, yeah. and let your skin come back and scrub you and do all that shit. Yeah. Burn victims are yeah. have to be one of the worst this things. has got to be the worst, way. worst so thing. So he tells God that he's checking out. He done. And they bring in this little girl. Well, I think he said she was probably 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Bring her in and put her in the bed next to him. And he said he thought she was an alien you know, the first thing is to go in a fire is going to be your nose and ears, mm-hmm. cartilage. She was just melted down into a ball of face, mm-hmm. and she hadn't gave up. And So then he he thought, regardless of how bad it is, yeah, there's people who got shit a lot worse there's, than you. And you know, along those lines, you're looking at this guy like God. He's just a cocky, arrogant turd. And then, you know, you learn a little, some of people's backstories, and you figure out about them, and you realize, hey, holy shit, this is a good dude, came from some... I bet you would make fun of the burn kid. Make fun of him? Like, at school, you're nine. Mm. You know what I mean? I was pretty, I was pretty nice. Like, unless I, like, really loved you, then I'd give you some shit. <laughs> right. Like, my family, my entire family, but... I was always pretty empathetic to a lot of people. And, but once the crowd gets going, you got a couple punks in your grade right. that are talking shit, and then you're, you're, you get caught up. All right, so I'll tell you the first time Clem's seen a black person living out here. Yep. You're probably not going to see any black folks. Shook him, <laughs> Right? Yeah. So we go to Siloam. Never had shopped at an Aldi's. Decide <laughs> we are going to stop off at the Aldi's. Uh-huh. We go in and buy some groceries. We're standing in line. There's a black cashier woman. And Clem, he's like three, and he's staring at her. And he says, Daddy, why is that woman's lips like this? <laughs> oh, no. God. <laughs> and I just kind of, Tuck him yeah. in behind me. <laughs> oh, no. And, you know, you got to bag your own shit. hmm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it wasn't like she was going to get too mad. And start throwing my shit around. Yeah. So we get out to the car, and Don says, what's so funny? I said, well, I don't know if it's funny or not. I said, it's just a unique deal. I said, Clem just seen his first black person. And realized it. Yeah. And she said, Oh, Lord, what did he say? I said, Daddy, why is her lips like this? She said, well, what did you say? I said, I didn't say shit. I tucked him behind me. What am I supposed to do? They want to make a scene. But say you're nine years old and you go to school and your skin is wrinkled up like a damn lizard. Yeah, raisin. Yeah. Those kids... They've never seen that shit before. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not talking shit, you're you're still, you're staring. You can't help it. And I don't think, you know. You can't help it. And you don't want, I mean, a lot of you see a lot of people, and if they do have deformities, it's. Like how old's your son now? Five. So he's right in this this spot. Mm -hmm. To where he's smart enough now, he can have communication with you. And. He's going to see stuff that's not like him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like, you know, Clem's balls dropped here about six months ago. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I go in the th- I go into the bathroom and he's bouncing his balls off of the off the tile floor. <laughs> and I said, What are you doing, boy? said, I don't know, Dad. (laughs) Oh, I know. I'm seeing it already. And he says, why are are they like this? I said, well, boy, you're turning into a man. And so then I see, you know, like I'd get out of the shower, and, boy, he's focusing on my ball sack, Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to compare apples to apples on this deal. (laughs) And so, like... uh, I'm sure your wife, whenever your boy's six weeks old or something. She goes in there to change a diaper and he's probably got a little bit of a boner. Oh, yeah. And women think something's wrong. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) already? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like my wife calls me and says, something's wrong with Clem. I said, what's wrong with him? He's got a boner. I said, that means the shit's working. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a good cool. side right. so back to Cosmo I thought Cosmo was a true dick didn't know the backstory. Mm-hmm. Um obviously if you grow up and you've had struggles of being burned he probably positioned himself into this deal to where he he had to be cocky and arrogant mm-hmm. and uh but I've I've listened to the shows, all of them. I think he's on episode twelve. Yeah. Pretty good dude. Yeah. Um, today's show was on. When do you sell the company? Because mm. he's at the point where he's made this money. He said he he's not working. Because mm-hmm. it's something he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But now he needs another hurdle. Yeah. And and listening to I mean it's cool listening to success stories. I agree. It's, it's motivating. Especially it's. from guys like that who I mean, this dude worked at a hamburger joint mm-hmm. and knew how to cook a little bit. I got lucky. Damn. Anybody who wins anybody who wins the world championship had a lot of luck. Because when we go to Fort Worth here in a couple of weeks, I think there's going to be 450 to 500 teams mm-hmm. cooking the same piece of meat, same size ribeyes, all ribeyes, mm-hmm. and to say that one of those steaks was so much better than 499 others, mm-hmm. it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's kind of tough to. Um, out of reality, there's probably 25 of them that all could have the same world champion title. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that day, it's all about what the judges want. It's, uh, you learn through this deal that old people insult. Yeah. I mean, if a judge is 65, 70 years old, they probably go to the doctor every month. Every time they walk in there, the doctor tells them, hey, got cut down on that sodium. Cholesterol's looking a little bit high. Mm -hmm. So they cut all their salt out. And then on Saturday, they show up to eat 40 (laughs) pieces of ribeye steak that's heavily salted. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think a little bit of salt goes a long way Mm -hmm. to these old judges. Mm -hmm. Um, We found out over the years that women's tastes and men's tastes are completely different. Really? If you... Used to just what they desire, and yeah, so there's uh six judges. Mm-hmm. And if you sat at a table that had four females and two males, your shit was gonna suck, really? Yeah, so what do they like though? I mean, if if your shit's sucking and it's good, are they liking somebody else's? And <clears throat> it's hard for a woman to find perfection. Uh, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, everything in a woman's life is just kind of short-lived. Yeah. They like red shoes. Fucking hate red shoes. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They, <laughs> they like white paint. Mm-hmm. I need some color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They change their mind on what they like a hell of a lot more frequently than men do. Mm-hmm. Um I've wore the same pants for pretty much my whole fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean multiple pairs. Yeah. But the shit's pretty uh consistent. Yeah. Not a woman. No, no. Seasonal. Um you know, like that whatever, wearing white pants before something and not after something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that kind of shit. I think women are the same way with food. Like, I see it with my wife. Like, she, when she was pregnant with Olivia, she was on a jalapeno popper deal from Sonic. Had to have them. Yep. Olivia's born. I don't think she's ever ate another one. Hadn't had another one, yeah. (laughs) Um, Man. They get into these little deals to where it's like coffee. There's only one coffee they'll drink from a certain place, certain amount of pumps of Mm -hmm. this and that. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're driving down the road to go on a trip, if you pass that place that has that said coffee and say, well, we'll just pull into the Sonic, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Am I right on this? I, I think it's like the majority of women decide exactly what groove they're in and it's really disruptive to them if they get out of that group. Yep, yep, I agree. I agree. My wife, very similar to that. She gets she gets in even like with their moods. Oh yeah, it's good, 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 real good. And then there's and a cliff. I'm pumped, <laughs> and then it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I went through about a six year spat of the oh, not good. God damn it! We've been in a solid six months. Uh, That's great. It's kind of like just watching the stock market chart. Yeah. The same shit that my stock did when I had Trump in office and <laughs> went to Joe Biden. It's just the opposite. It just flopped. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I was on a big Biden deal, and the last six months, boy, I've been in a Trump situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to screw this deal up. It's great. Yeah, you'll do anything. Keep it. I don't. I don't know what. Because, shit, I know I didn't change a damn thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and when they're good, you're good. Oh, it's so much easier. Life's just better. It's, a, it's Life's a, just better all around. A yeah. quality life is when they're happy. Obviously, they're no that. man knows how to read this fortune cookie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to know when those days are. But I'm going to tell you what you got look forward to. There's going to come this date, mid-40s, late 40s, night sweats Yeah. of the female, and you start climbing up this menopausal mm-hmm. challenge to where we're there right now. Yeah. Uh, one period a month is bad deal. Yeah. I think we're on two period a month. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. I used to be able to judge it by the cable bill. I think I've told (laughs) you. Like, our cable was due on the 16th of the month, and it was the same Mm -hmm. rotation. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about getting rid of cable. Yeah. Get rid of the period. But now it's... Didn't work out. No. I mean, it's twice a month. It's like John O'Dell's podcast. (laughs) Yeah, twice a month. (laughs) (laughs) That's all all he can do. Oh, shit.